The Long Box Crusade presents Pop Culture Posicast. Welcome to Pop Culture Posicast. This is the show where we will find all the good stuff and items of pop culture. Movies, music, comics, TV shows, you name it. And we are going to find the fun stuff in it. I'm Pepe Pat. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, Jazzy Jared. Ha-cha-cha-cha-cha! <laughs> Hello, Pat. I'm Hello. happy to be here. I'm so happy to be I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Pepe, I'm excited. <laughs> Pumped. Oh, my goodness. Well, before we tackle today's topic, I'll do a quick reminder to our audience what our mission is with this podcast. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to tackle a controversial or maybe even generally disliked item of pop culture. We're going to give our honest overall feelings on it. But most importantly, we're going to take the time to shine a light on the positive aspects of the topic. Here's what we're not going to do. We're not going to try to convince you to like something you don't like. If you don't like what we're talking about on today's show, that's cool. Feelings are feelings, and feelings are never wrong. So if you don't like it, that's fine. We're not trying to convince you to like it. We're just going to shine that light on the positive aspects of it. We're definitely not encouraging fandom battles. Please do not get into our Twitter comments or our Facebook comments and then start calling people names just because they like this or they don't like this. Everybody's right to their opinion, man. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a right to their opinion. So please, no battles. Respect everybody's thoughts on this. And we're definitely not here to tell anybody that you're wrong. Again. Feelings are never wrong. If you feel like you don't like it, fine. If you feel like you do like it, awesome. Own your own feelings. Not a problem. Okay, so with that out of the way, let's get back to Pat. That's right. Just like I said in the opener, we're 100% about finding the good in everything. And as an added bonus, every episode will end with a segment called Positively Practical. Jazzy Jarrett has been in the communication and leadership training business for over 10 years. So he's going to give you some practical advice that you can incorporate into your everyday life at the end of every episode. That's right. We're going to enhance your life skills while we talk about fun pop culture stuff. So let's get started. Let's get started. Indeed, this episode is sponsored, of course, by Omaha Bound Entertainment. You know that they're the best choice for hardbinding the special comic books in your collection or magazines or anything that needs to be hardbound. The guys over at Omaha Bound do only the best high-quality binding, and this might be the best part. They custom design every cover, so every single hardcover they design is unique. In short, when you get your comics hardbound with Omaha Bound, you'll know that you have a true one-of-a-kind collection. Pat, did I mention that I got the entire run of Gru from PC and Marvel hardbound by Omaha Bound? You did, Jared, and I'm so excited for you. I wish <laughs> maybe you might want to... Give that as a gift to somebody? I'll consider it, but if I gave it away, then I wouldn't be so fancy. I'm so fancy. You already know. And you know what? If you want to be fancy like me and get some awesome hard binding done, just go to omahabound.com today. They are going to do you up right. That's omahabound.com. Questions? Nope. Fancy? Yes. Pat Fancy? No. Yes. <laughs> It should be positive, Jared. Pat Fancy. That. Isn't that a magazine? Pat Fancy. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, it's it's cat. cat Fancy. <laughs> Which you can get hardbound. Bound. If you're a cat lover. <laughs> if you're a cat lover, Jason, at omahabound.com. 
Oh my goodness. Anyway, let's just get to the topic. On this episode of Pop Culture Podcast, we're going to be finding the good in Star Trek the Motion Picture from 1979. Travel forward with us. 300 years into the future to confront the greatest mystery ever to threaten mankind. We are aboard a huge starship called the Enterprise. This is the return of Captain Kirk. An alien object of unbelievable destructive power is less than three days away from this planet. Mr. Spock. I offer my services as science officer. Dr. McCoy. Scotty. And joining them on their mission, Commander Will Decker and Navigator Ilea. I'm sorry. That you left Delta Four, or that you didn't even say goodbye. Get us back in impulse power. Overs. Wormhole distortion is overloaded. Main power systems. The laser order. This, then, is the epic journey of the Starship Enterprise, traveling to the outer limits of time and space to challenge a vast, living machine of destruction. The human adventure is just beginning. Star Trek, the motion picture. It was directed by Robert Wise. It stars William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, DeForest Kelly, James Doohan, George Takai, Walter Koenig, and the lovely Nichelle Nichols. All right. The first step in every Paza cast is to give you our honest thoughts. We will always start by being upfront with you on how we feel about our topic. It's important to remember that even if we aren't super keen on something, that doesn't mean we can't find some good in it. So let's get going with our segment called Honest Talk. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Jared, how do you feel about the topic overall? The topic, Star Trek, the motion picture, 1979. How do I feel about it overall? I like it. Since this is Honest Talk, I will say that of the entire Star Trek movie library, and I am including Next Generation movies, and I'm including the new versions. Okay. The reboots. Out of all of them, Star Trek The Motion Picture is my least favorite. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I don't like it. I like it just fine. And thanks to preparing for today's episode and kind of digging into my thoughts on it and other people's thoughts on it, I think I've really been able to pin down where it misstepped, uh, what it did right, or what it did wrong. It did a lot right. Uh-huh. We do need to put ourselves into the 1979 space, no pun intended. You know, Star Trek had been gone for a while. Yeah. Been gone off of TV for a while. There was an animated show for a little bit, but essentially it'd been off the map. And so it's definitely a welcome return. And you know how we talk about getting the part of the show where we get to the, the positive things. I've got a lot of positive things to say. So please, if I turned you off by saying it's my least favorite of the Star Treks, 
hang in there with me because I still really like it. It's like saying, you know, this is my least favorite cheeseburger. It's still a delicious cheeseburger. It's just not my favorite one with all the special sauces. If that metaphor made any sense. Pat, what do you you think? What's your honest talk on Star Trek The Motion Picture? I'm hungry right now. I know. I'm getting hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Pat and I will be right back after these messages. (laughs) Mm. The Burger Chef family would like to have your family over for dinner. Burger Chef goes all out to please your family. You know, I'm going to agree with you as well, too. Is it one of the top ones for me out of all the series? No, it's low on the on the bottom, but still an enjoyable watch. When I was starting to watch the movie and going through it, I wrote down a bunch of positive things that I was finding right off the bat with this movie. Mm-hmm. There's a lot um, to like. There's a lot to like. I'm hoping to, you know we'll get some discussion into it later on. I don't want to give it all away at this time, but definitely slow going. Yes, mm-hmm. you know I'm yeah. going to be honest. Uh, it took me two nights to watch it through. And one of the nights I had to kind of rewind because I think I fell asleep a little bit. But there's a good reason why I probably did. And I'll get to that later on in the show. Oh, I look forward to that reveal. So it sounds like to me the summary of Honest Talk is not our favorite Star Trek movie by far, but still a decent movie. Mm -hmm. And I think that's fair. I think it sums it up. Yeah. All right. And now that you know how we feel, it's time to find out what the Internet has to say in a segment called The Pit of Despair. Where am I? The pit of despair. Don't even think. (laughs) Don't even think about trying to escape. The chains are far too thick. During the pit of despair, I get the unenviable task of finding the more common and negative opinions on today's topic found on social media so that Peppy Pat and I might address them so put on your helmet, Pat. We're diving into them internets. I'm putting on my spacesuit. I'm going to go walking out there. <laughs> like Christopher Walken? Yes. Was he in Star Trek? <laughs> Nobody should be. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Damn it. Jim. <laughs> Damn it, Jim. Jim. I'm a doctor. <laughs> not a whatever the hell. <laughs> that guy's dead. <laughs> I don't like being beamed up or beamed down. <laughs> Bones, I need you. <laughs> Those Klingon <laughs> bastards killed my son. <laughs> okay, here we go. Let's get into the internets. Okay, I got a comment here, Pat. Star Trek, the motion picture, obviously took a lot of its visual cues from 2001, the Space Odyssey. Okay. I wish it had paid more attention to how colorful 2001's spaceships' interiors were. Hmm. Now, even though we're in the pit of despair, Pat, and I, I'm loath to agree with negative opinions online, I, this guy wasn't like, oh, this movie sucks no, or anything. No, so is, yeah. I think this is a fair comment. Uh, as I don't know about you, Pat, but let's use this as a springboard for a little mini discussion here. The inside of the spaceships, the uniforms, very bland in this. Yeah, one. I think they were kind of really going for like a cleaner look on this one. Their outfits were kind of different. Yeah. A lot of people call them the McDonald's uniforms. Yeah. They were trying to distinguish different... uh, Yes, I think they're trying to say, this is not the TV show. This is a serious movie. Yep. So look at how toned down we are to be serious. And I think all the fans were like, let's get the bright colors back again. It's the start of a new... Bringing all the game back, but they have Mm -hmm. to bring in this why we're doing it. 
the ship has been remade now. Like Decker said, you know, this isn't your ship anyway. Or this is, you don't even know how to walk around here anymore because all the changes that have been done here. Mm-hmm. Shut up, Decker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that comment, I thought, you know, while it was yeah. quote unquote negative, I don't think the, that person sounded super negative. I think it was a fair comment. Yeah, I think let's, so too. Let's it's go deeper into the despair path. <laughs> Should we? Yeah, that's our job. Here we go. Star Trek The Motion Picture is one of the most boring movies of all time. It's awful, so Wrath of Khan, by even having a plot that is ten times better than the trash that came out before it. So sentence syntax is not this person's strong point, but, I mean, at the end of the day, he's basically saying that Star Trek The Wrath of Khan looks ten times better in comparison because this one is so bad. Okay, let's pick this apart. He says it's one of the most boring movies of all time, and he says it's awful. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was awful. It's just, you know, it's Yeah, I'm not, co-sign- I'm not co-signing awful. I will say that it can be a little boring. Mm-hmm. It has its reasons. I can't wait to dive into this. Okay. We will yeah. dive in. We will dive in. But I think this person is very, very negative. But there's a nugget of truth into it. I think if you put one and two side by side. Definitely a difference. I yeah. mean, everybody loves to. There are people out there that really like part one, and I'm okay with that. You know, I've heard people say, I like part one better than two, and I'm like, I don't understand you, but again, like what you like. I prefer the four, five, and six. Oh, you like four, five, and six? Yeah, yeah. They, you know, compared you know to what? That. We probably should have covered this back in Honest Talk, but of the yeah. original crew movies, one through six, what's your go-to? Undiscovered Country. Undiscovered Country part six. That's my favorite one, too. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. I mean, let's be honest. It's just I'm big on two. I like three, four is strong. Five has its issues. There's a lot of behind-the-scenes studio problems going on there, but I I can still watch five. Mm -hmm. And six I adore. One and five, not my favorites, but still things I like in them. And we will definitely, definitely get to that. Anyway, let's dig deeper into the pit of despair because this is what we do. There are times when too many effects can ruin a film. For example, Star Trek The Motion Picture. This was when effects wanted to be shown off in a film, and it failed badly. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Did you feel like the effects failed badly? No, I don't think they did. I think, to me, is one of the highlights of this movie is the effects and how it went above and beyond the TV show. Yeah, I'm going to tip some cards early here and just say, I think the effects were really good, but I also think that they relied too heavily on these effects. Like they were like, look mm. at our effects, keep looking, keep looking at our effects. And it's just like, okay, I, okay, I, I've got it. These are nice effects. And I think that what happened was that we got to put ourselves in the right time space here, Pat. Yeah. It's, 19, it's 1979, 78, probably post what yeah. post star Wars, star Wars which was an effects-driven masterpiece that people flocked to theater. So then, you know, everybody started chasing Star Wars. James Bond went to space with Moonraker, Mm -hmm. right? The Black Hole. I still love that movie. Yeah, that's a good movie. Here we are, we start checking the motion picture. Like, we got to cash in on this. And effects are so big in Star Wars. We got to be big with our effects. And I'm just like, I think you zigged when you should have zagged there. Because Star Trek, at its core, to me, will always be about a group of friends who have come together. It's all character. It's character. Yes, yes. And while I love the effect, I mean, look at the new ones. Look at the reboots that Mm -hmm. came out. The new trilogy. That's amazing effects. They got character, right? I love those movies. It's good. Good blend there. 
Good blend. But yeah, I talked a lot here, but I, this comment said they wanted to show off effects in a film and failed badly. I agree with the first part. They wanted to show them off maybe a little too much, but failed badly? Eh. It depends on the eyes. You got to look at it, you know. Again, you got to go back with those old, you know, 1979 eyes. Yeah. And I still think they look good and today. To see this, and to see that in a theater, in a you know, if you were oh, watching yeah. this in a big screen. Yeah, definitely. That would be cool to see it on a big screen. It's very cinematic. Yes. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, let's get to our last comment. Star Trek The Motion Picture, where Robert Wise wants you to spend a long time marveling at the second best that VFX could do circa 1979. I'm going to kind of agree with this one. Again, like I said earlier, I think they went a little heavy-handed with their effects. I mean, Pat, we have to talk about this. At the okay. front of the movie, doesn't it take them like 10, 15 minutes of just riding that shuttle to the Starship Enterprise? Like, it is it the is a longer slowest time. unveiling. <laughs> and, and again, though, if we put ourselves in the headspace of 79 and we haven't seen Star Trek in a long time, mm-hmm. I could see where someone would thoroughly enjoy that man it goes on for a long time i'm going to play you some of my early cards here but you have to think about it too this is for a movie audience now mm-hmm. you are maybe pulling in people that haven't seen the series mm-hmm. or you know hey let's go to the star trek movie with me and oh i've never seen star trek okay well let's go you know it's it's movie night now mm-hmm. so you, the game has to be up and you have to pull in people into the story so they understand what's going on and how grand this is supposed to be. Yeah, I could see selling the grandness. Sure. The good news is, Pat, we've done it. We did it. We survived another deep dive into those internets. This calls for a celebration. Ooh. And we do that on this show in our most important segment called Gimme the Good Stuff. Tell me something good. Tell me that you like it. Yeah. During Give Me the Good Stuff, Jared and I will each reveal our list of three things that we liked about today's feature. So, let's get cracking. Jared, tell me one thing. My number one thing that I like about Star Trek The Motion Picture, I do like what you said earlier, Pat, the grandness of it. Mm -hmm. It is very big, almost to a fault. But hey, this is Give Me the Good Stuff, so let's focus on the positive. I do like how sweeping and grand it is. I can only imagine because I was only about three years old when this came out. I can only imagine what it'd be like for a big time Star Trek fan who's had many years off from their beloved franchise to be able to go into a theater and see something this big that yeah. had to feel good. Yeah, I would think so to do that. So I'm going to say my first round, the grandness of it. I'm totally going to steal your word there, but I, I think that was perfect. I- I think it fits for this kind of, you know, Star Trek. It's a big universe out there, and uh, they continue to discover. And, you know, that's what they're supposed to do, to boldly go. And they went bold. You know, if they were going to do it, they did it. I'm assuming they probably had thoughts that they might be able to do a few more down the road. So, you Mm -hmm. know, this is laying groundwork for more and more things to come. And not only laying groundwork for movies, but it's also laying groundwork for how many other shoot-off television you know, mm-hmm. comic books, series, novels, comics, novels. Yes, all that. Good so point. this is the starting point again point. To, to light the fire. One of my positive points, 
I'm going to go with the soundtrack, the score. Oh, you took my second bullet. <laughs> Absolutely, Pat. Go ahead. Elaborate. Absolutely. Yeah. It's great. Just from the beginning, just how amazing is the music in this? It gives you the feel for it as well, too. And it gives you a sort of different feel, too. Was it, you know, sleepy, kind of boring? Yeah. I mean, the music, I could sit there and listen to that, and I would fall asleep. And that would be kind of cool to do, you know, at night, just listen to the background kind of a spacey sound and all that and the music that plays. I think that would be really neat to listen to. Correct me if I'm wrong, Pat, but this movie had an overture. It did. did. not a star field with the music. Like, they don't do that in with, cinema much anymore. No. And I'm when I was watching it again, I'm like, what's going on here? It's like, okay, I'm waiting for, you know, the Star Trek thing to, to start and go, or I'm waiting for somebody <laughs> to talk, you know, space. <laughs> the final frontier and it didn't happen that's one of the first things i wrote down is just the score because just hearing that overture in the beginning was amazing man i want to say that over on the network here jason and i covered the black hole on action film face-off and i think one of our trivia bits was that was the last movie to feature an overture and oh. i think it came out right after right star after. trek in 79 okay. i missed that yeah. An overture is nice because you get a real flavor of the. You get a moment in time to focus on the music. Mm -hmm. It put me into that the space. You know, I, granted we were in space, but and there was stuff going on. But it put me into that feel I needed to feel. It did. I love that. I love that it's a reward for people who show up on time for the movie that you get to enjoy that. And if you're running a little late. Mm -hmm. Overture buys you a couple extra minutes after those previews. <laughs> but I think overtures are cool overall. And I think when movies put a lot of time and effort into the score like they did here, that an overture should be done more often. I think that's something they should bring back when the score is just Mwah! like that. Yeah, was. yeah. Excellent true. point. You totally stole my second bullet. My second bullet is the score. <laughs> is it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> and just, uh, you know, again, going back to, okay, so that score – that continues on through all the other movies and just, you know, it's again that start of taking what's from the TV series and just, you know, hey, let's turn it up a little notch here a little bit more yeah. and try something else. And yeah, let's do something with this. And man, I could just listen to that score. It's great. Yeah. Good background music to put on and listen to and just calming, I think, mm -hmm. you know, just yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you what, I'll call an audible on my second bullet then. Okay. I always like the relationships. Like I said, to me, Star Trek has always been about friendship and loyalty in space. It's yep. as a military man. guy, you know, served in, that was my first career was military. It just speaks to me of those mm -hmm. military friendships that are like nothing else. And I adore that part of this whole franchise. And I'm going to jump ahead a bunch of movies to six. That's one of my favorite moments. To me, it sums up everything that I love about Star Trek and the relationships is when Sulu is in charge of the Excelsior. Mm -hmm. He's captain mm -hmm. now. Yep. And he's trying to get back oh to save Kirk and his friends, you know, the old crew. He's trying to get back yeah. in time to save them. And they're flying so fast that the guy says, if we fly any faster, we're going to break her apart. And Sulu just goes, break her apart then. Because <laughs> like, that's just like how important this important. is. Yeah. And it just, oh, it just grabs my soul. And that's, that's what Star Trek is to me. And while motion picture, I don't think hit that perfect beat yet. There were seeds. Yeah. Seeds of how those relationships should work. And those were nice. What I do think, and there's a long way to get to this point, though. I loved 
the Decker Kirk thing. Yes. That relationship was cool because you, Kirk has always had that thing where he's like, if I'm on a ship, I need to be in charge. If mm-hmm. I'm on a ship, I need to be in charge. And Decker's like, you're not in charge. Here, this is my ship. And then they come to an understanding and move forward. And, and I like that relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That friction that was there between, you know, and you can picture that it's younger Kirk kind of fighting older, older Kirk. Kirk. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Way, Very good. A little point. bit. You know, Very good point. He's like, mm, you know, I think I know how to talk to you now. And, I, oh. I like that, too. The character moments here is really nice. Like you said, it's like, okay, we're going to do a movie. Let's get the gang back together. You know, if I'm going to go on a big road trip, I'm going to want my, you know, I'm going to get the LBC crew together. And Heck we're yeah. going to go ahead and, <laughs> you know, granted, someone's not going to want to come up on the, I wonder who, oh, the LBC crew, who would it be that didn't want to come up on the, get teleported up? Mm, uh, It'd probably be me. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think Jason might be our bones yeah. for some reason. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I could see Delvin as our Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Delvin was our Spock, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Know, very logical. and. No, that would be you. Am I the Spock? Yeah, I Damn know. it. I thought I was Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's a good one to put out there for the some positive fun. Let's have some positive fun with the listeners out there. Out of the LBC crew, tell us who we would be in a Star Trek character. <laughs> I'll tell you right of the now, main, Pat. Of the main original crew. Uh, you know, there was a thing going fun. around back on social media. Like, this was a couple of years ago. People were posting a picture in the Star Trek universe of who you think you are versus who you really oh, yeah. are. Yeah. And, and I, I put, who do I think I am? I think I'm Worf. Who am yeah. I really? In reality, I had to be honest and say, I'm probably more like Cork. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always that's looking true. for like a good deal. I'm a little yeah. bit Weasley. <laughs> Wait, that's Jason. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Jason's you. the Weasley. It's in his name. <laughs> anyway, we've gone far afield. Good talk about the characterization there. And yeah, by all means, people sound off on the Twitter or the Facebook. Yeah, but the comments. Some fun. Let us know which Star Trek characters you think that we are analogous to with the LBC crew. <laughs> <laughs> Back to you, Pat. Let's talk about effects. Okay. I like the models that are in here. Yes. That they use the Enterprise, the shuttles. The Klingon Birds of Prey, that really cool effects on the modeling, I thought was really neat. Mm-hmm. And, and, and putting myself in that time frame as a kid watching that and seeing that, I'd be like, oh, wow, this is really, really cool. Uh, I still love model effects more than CG effects mm-hmm. to this day. And, you you know, you can tell because, you know, it's turning and it's like, okay, I can only turn it this much. <laughs> but still, I loved it. I thought that was really cool and just caught my eye. Definitely. How about you? I guess for my third and final round, unless I think of something burning, I liked the plot twist. Mm-hmm. I liked that V'ger was revealed to be the actual yeah. NASA spaceship, the Voyager. Spoiler alert, everyone. <laughs> I thought that was quite clever. That's something that was totally wasted on me in my youth. Like, I didn't get it. Yeah, and as a yeah. grown-up, I was like, oh, this was about the time that we launched Voyager into space. Yes. And how it came back, you know, hundreds of years later as V'ger. And I was like, that is very Gene right. Roddenberry. It's really cool. I don't honestly don't remember if Gene Roddenberry wrote this movie or not, but it just fit in his universe very cleverly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. That was really neat to see and just makes you wonder, could something like that happen where we send something out and it comes back with a more... Yeah, you know, with an attitude. Yeah, <laughs> take over your... I want to see the creator. What? <laughs> I like that plot twist. What do you got in your last round, Pat? Well, I'm going to just kind of shoot off a few more things off of oh, the list that I have. pulling a pat. So I'm pulling you. a pat again. Go ahead. So with that, speaking about the models, 
when I was a kid, I remember when this movie was coming out. So I would have been about six years old when this was out. I remember getting a book, and in the book, it had models. And what you would do was paper models. So what you would do is, you you know, you'd rip out the piece of paper, and then you'd fold it on the lines, and you'd cut, and you fold, and you do all that. That was so cool. I remember making the shuttle. I remember making the Klingon bird of prey. I just thought that was really cool. And I was like, man, I get to play with these little, you know, model toys or whatever, and I can play with that stuff. And it was just, when I start watching this movie, it took me right back to that. The memory it brings me back to is, even though I was three when it came out, you know, I start having memories of toys and stuff when I'm four and five. And I had the action figures there about a about a Star Wars size, like oh, okay. three and three quarter inch. I remember having Decker and the bald lady whose name just fell out of my head. I had some of those Star Wars size Star Trek figures. And those were cool. I wouldn't mind having those again. Yeah, I remember seeing those toys, but I don't remember having them. But what I also do remember is I had the belt that they all Son wear. Of a it was like a plasticky <laughs> kind of a thing, and then the belt that they have on them and you can put stuff in it and i think it may have came with a calm little badge too you know a little oh, pin you yeah. put on you so but, 1979 pat was fancy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah like you know it. it i was fancy before fancy was fancy i'm so fancy you already know <laughs> i love it <laughs> i don't know what ever happened to that belt but <laughs> i think i wore it out you know, <laughs> he probably outgrew it yeah <laughs> That's true. I probably did. (laughs) Let's talk about set design real quick. Okay. You had the outside effects, but Mm -hmm. also the inside effects. You know, you have the bridge. How cool is that? It was cool. Again, I kind of do agree with that one guy that I wish they had just brightened it up a little. But the design, though, itself was very good. You're right. Just Mm -hmm. color palette, I wish, was a little brighter overall in the movie, but... You're right, though. The general design was... General design on on it all was really interesting to me as well, too. Very good. And some of the makeup makeup effects in this were really cool. You know, especially the Klingon part was really interesting to see. And some of the other species that are out there that you kind of pass and you see in through and throughout. I even spotted an Andorian in seeing in the little blue face... Right. And some white hair kind of sticking out. He was kind of behind somebody in the beginning where Kirk was giving the big speech. I know what you're talking about. Gathered everybody up before launch. And it took me a few pans through there, but I'm like, oh, that's an Hedorian. And the reason why I know that is because I'm watching Enterprise series right now. And so that kind of caught my eye. Very cool. So that's about all I have. All right. We had a lot of good things to say about this film. And I, I'm happy about it. It's Pop Culture Podcast. Yeah. Did it make me want to visit the whole series again? Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's a good primer for the series. I mean, I'm absolutely, absolutely guilty of pretty much going two, three, four, six, two, three, four, six, two, three, four, six. Okay. And then every once in a while I'll go, okay, it's been a while since I've watched one sure. or five. And I never regret it when I rewatch them. It's just, you know, just I, I just have to be in that mood to go, okay, I need to relax and just enjoy this for just, what it is. Definitely. You know, I'm just going to agree with you. I think going back and rewatching this one, I'm actually ready to watch the rest of the series. Now I want to see two, three, four, five, and six and, and get into that. It did its job in getting me interested. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think they leaned a little too heavily on effects because they were in the wake of Star Wars and didn't re- mm-hmm. remember what the heart and soul of Star Trek was, which is the characters and the friendships. 
But there were seeds of all that, like you said, seeds to plant to go. I want to keep watching. Yeah, it's very intellectual kind of a, mm-hmm. a movie. Yeah, you could tell that what was going on in the producers and the director's mind was we want to cash in on Star Wars, but we want our own unique voice. You know, Star Trek has always been mm-hmm. a thinking man's thing. So we want to really focus on that. And I respect him for that. Yes. But we also want to capitalize on the big effects Thanks. space blockbuster. And did they succeed? Well, yeah, they did. <laughs> and yeah. I think the box office will show that yeah. it was a successful movie. Was there room for improvement? Absolutely. <laughs> and did they take advantage of that room when they moved to part two? I think they did. Yeah. And I think they really got to where they need to go. So again, one, not my favorite, but is it unwatchable? Terrible? No, it's fine. I agree. With that, let's go ahead and get into the segment I promised earlier. The one that can help you in your day-to-day life. Jazzy Jared's Positively Practical. Gather around me, everybody. Gather around me while I preach some. You got to accentuate the positive limb. Mine the negative and latch on. To the affirmative, don't mess with Mr. In-Between. You got to spread joy up to Well, welcome back to Positively Practical. I'm really excited to give people practical things that they can do in their real lives to, you know, make their lives a little bit better. Today's topic is going to be what I call the supply and demand of opinion, which is funny because we just spent a lot of time giving our opinions, and I'm about to suggest you give your opinion less often. But hey, this is a podcast. We have to give our opinions. But here's the thing. I do another podcast called Leadership Tips with Jared on one of the more recent episodes. I did talk about this topic. I went a little deeper into it and some related topics on that. But if this is the kind of content that you like, you want to hear more of, I encourage you to check out Leadership Tips with Jared. But let's talk about the supply and demand of opinion. Basically, what that means is your opinion follows the same laws of supply and demand that everything does. What does that mean? That basically means that, you know, if anything is in high supply, then its value is relatively low. Things that you can find commonly have low value, right? Anything that is in low supply has a pretty high demand. Now you've created value. So think about that when you offer your opinion for things. If you want your opinion to be valuable and have weight to it, think about not offering your opinion all the time. Pat, you're on social media. I'm on social media. There are people out there who feel like they have to weigh their opinion on everything, 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 everything. And that's not to say that person's opinion isn't valid, isn't right, isn't wrong, doesn't mm-hmm. have value. But if you keep offering it all the time, it becomes background noise. And you know, then there's that person again. If you want your yeah. opinion to have value, one of the best things you can do is wait until you're asked. Your opinion always has more value when someone is seeking it rather than you just broadcasting it all the time. Now, we're all human. We all want to get our thoughts and feelings out. So if you're listening and you're one of those people that says, oh, I do put my opinion out a whole lot on social media and in regular day-to-day life, Jared and Pat are telling me I'm a terrible person. No, no, you're not. It's okay, but it's something to think about that maybe if I hold back on that a little more often Mm -hmm. and kind of only reveal at key moments, Mm -hmm. it'll hold more value. Yeah, I think I do that in my day-to-day social media interactions. I consider myself more of like the EF Hunton of tweets and comments on social media for like when my tweet and my comment, just like EF Hutton, people listen when EF Hutton talks. 
Okay, I don't know who that is. Okay, well then that's not gonna. Then it's, for those of you that get that, <laughs> I failed you, you on so many levels. Yes, no, but that is the main point of today's positively practical. Something, something. E.F. Hutton, and just think about the less you offer your opinion, the actually the more value it holds. So that could be helpful. Again, if you're a big opinion person, that's okay. We're still friends. <laughs> but if you want it to have more value, think about reserving it and using it key moments. And that's what I have for us today, Pat. Very good. And with that, it's time to give out some more positivity and show some love to our Crusaders Club members. the fine folks that have joined our crusaders club they enjoy discounts from my online store theyardsaleartist.com they get early access to special long box episodes free raffle giveaways voting on show programming and so much more these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show and helica wolf bill bear blasted or stash it bob busta brexton underwood david collins you know him as battle wagon battle wagon gene Hendricks, gerald green Greg Van Leuven. I, the Collector. Ivor Evans. Jeremy L. Jim Jarman. Joe Thomas. John Watson. John and Maggie. Jose Pollo. Maxwell Trevor. Miranda W. Paul Hicks. Reggie Hancock. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. Ross Michaud. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Steve Cronin. Tim Price. Toronto Cop. And our one-time donor, Bradford William. If we missed anyone on our list, we certainly apologize. Remember, we record these things well in advance of release, so if you're a recent addition, we'll be adding you soon. But no worries. Let us know if we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com. We'll get it straightened out. You might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? Well, Jared, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? It's simple. You go to patreon.com. You search for Longbox Crusade for as little... Are you asking for Jason? Uh, no. Okay, for as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of Crusaders Club. Please come and check it out. Now let's get into our feedback section. This feedback is going to be about last episode, our first episode where we talked about Dark Phoenix, the X-Men movie. We got some feedback Yay. on our first episode, Pat. I'll awesome. let you pick one out. I'm going to pick one from Green Lantern HG. And Green Lantern says, great first of many, many episode, guys. Thumbs up. He says, I sent an email of my thoughts, not that anyone asked. Delete at your own discretion. And we did receive your email, GL. So thank you. It was very heartwarming to yes. to get that. It was a great we email. Um, I didn't know if he wanted us to share on the show, but he just shared a lot of positivity and a, yes. an appreciation for what we're doing here. So thank you so much, GL. Yep. Meant a lot. And then our old friend Courtney Holland chimed in and says, I'm wondering why I just did jazz hands. Because <laughs> she was jazzy. <laughs> jazzy. jazzy Jared. Ooh. We're hoping we bring that positivity out of you. <laughs> and uh, last comment is from Ryan Daly. And Ryan says, fun episode. Happy to hear another show that can celebrate the positive in a movie widely considered to be a bust in every way. While I haven't seen Dark Phoenix and have no desire to, I do think a lot of the criticism the movie gets was pre-generated. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, we appreciate you commenting on the show. Yeah, I'm glad that you like it. And mm -hmm. uh, I think you're right. I think a lot of the disdain for Dark Phoenix was pre-generated. 
And as I encouraged him to, I typed a response when he sent that in. But I do yep. encourage him to, to give the movie a give shot. A it, yeah. It's decent. At the very least, it's a great time waster. That'll bring us to the end of this episode of Pop Culture Posicast. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realms of comic books, action films, vintage TV movie serials, and more, check out the entire Longbox Crusade Network. Jazzy Jared, where can they find that? Well, Pat, I'm glad you asked. It can be found on iTunes, Google Play, most podcatchers. You can go to www.longboxcrusade.com. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, it's all at Longbox Crusade. Back to you, Pepe Pat. Oh, thank you, Jared. I'm glad you're bringing it back to me. <laughs> so if you'd like to chat with us online, I can be found at Christatos01. Jazzy Jared? I'm at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. And check out my YouTube channel. Search Yard Sale Artist and find the fun. I'm either drawing pictures or talking about things I found at, wait for it, Yard Sales. Yeah, it's a fun time. And if you want to interact with the LBC crew with some live chat, be entered to win some free stuff on our live raffles, join us for the next episode of Doing It Live Stream on YouTube and Twitter. We do them on the second Sunday of every month. Unless there's a holiday, we'll bump it back a week. And we always start at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. Please subscribe to Longbox Crusade on YouTube and click that bell so you get reminder notifications for when we go live. Because sometimes we pop up with no warning. Yes, sometimes. And we love interacting with you. So definitely come by and hop in the chat. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Pop Culture Podcast. We look forward to chatting with you again soon. And remember, as the old and Native American tale tells us, we each have two wolves that battle inside us. One positive and uplifting, and one negative and burdensome. Which one wins, Pat? The one that you feed. The music themes for this show are done by musical genius Joe November. Please check out his SoundCloud at joseflin 99 That's J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You will not regret it. Hello and welcome to Popcat. Pop. Pew, pew. Pew, We are going to find the fun and stuff it in it. <laughs> the fun stuff, <laughs> stuff in it. it. <laughs> the fun stuff in stuff it. it. Yeah. During the pit. It always makes me laugh. I'm so <laughs> proud of myself. Try that again. I got to do more characters as Christopher Walker. That's highly illogical, Captain. <laughs> Hailing frequencies are open, Captain. See, now he's playing Uhura. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just, I am tickling myself here. Oh, okay. Here we go. Oh, my God. Pat, oh, the outtakes. <laughs> oh, 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 I need a breath. Oh. You know, Vija, he called me the other day. <laughs> Hello, Vija. It's been a while, buddy. Where you, where you at now?